Welcome to Word Birds, where you'll hear content conversations directly from the flock. Join Christopher Willis in conversation with content experts and thought leaders as they chat about how to make the most out of your words in business. Here's your host, Chris. Hello, and welcome to Word Birds, a birds of a feather conversation with people who care about words. Today on the show, Kyle Martin, Director of Content Development at University of Central Florida. We're going to talk about how really wanting to write, wanting to tell stories, builds a storyteller from a career standpoint, and how it's not just about creating a lot of content, it's about creating the right content to get to the end results for the audience. In this case, largely nonprofit content, trying to help people and impact their lives. So let's sit back and get some insight from the flock. All right, Kyle Martin, welcome to WordBirds. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to have you here. I really want to talk about, here you are in a director of content development role at University of Central Florida. How'd you progress to this? How'd you get here? Sure. So I think it really starts with just being a writer and always being the kid on the school bus that was reading books. I was talking this week. My daughter takes after me in a lot of ways. She's always got her nose in a book. And that I think starting out with a love of writing and a love of storytelling is really where everything began from there. Moved on to high school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and realized it'd be pretty cool if people would pay me to write. That's something I enjoy to do. Might as well get paid for it. I think I had grandiose plans of working for National Geographic was kind of my goal going into college. I went to Mississippi College. And went into the journalism program there to become a newspaper reporter. Graduated from there. I think like all of us, we have ideas, we have plans, and then we actually get in the job and we're like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. But I loved every minute of it. I was a reporter for eight years. I worked at three different newspapers and really enjoyed. There's two sides of newspaper reporters. There's the reporting side and then there's the writing side. And reporters tend to be strong on one or the other. And you can be good at both, but you're better at one or the other. And I think I've always been a better writer. So I was a reporter for eight years and got to the point where I was delivering pieces on the weekends to make ends meet at a growing family at that point and loved the job, but needed something more stable, something with a little bit more of a future to it. So moved into marketing. Nonprofit marketing has always been much more attractive to me than for profit or something where you're selling widgets or trying to market widgets. And the storytelling aspect of it was really important. I went into marketing with no clue how to do marketing. It was the storytelling aspect of it. And I started at Wounded Warrior Project in Jacksonville. When I left my last newspaper, I was working with post 9-11 veterans and working with veterans and telling their stories. And I could see the power that storytelling had to influence decisions. And even from a crime standpoint, when I was a public safety reporter, you look at, for instance, crime statistics, and you can write a story about crime statistics, but that doesn't really tell you what that means. 50% increase in burglaries. But if you go and knock on doors and you tell the story of someone that is living in fear that they have their door barred, they bought a dog because they're scared of it, suddenly that comes to life. And that was what really appealed to me was the aspect of storytelling and Nonprofit marketing was able to provide that me as well. So Wounded Warrior Project, I was managing publications there. I was doing a lot of video work, telling stories and helping everyone from Congress. We put out a policy report to even brands like Brawny and Heinz and Campbell's and putting all those. When you were going to the restaurant and you saw the Heinz bottle with the Wounded Warrior Project logo on it, those were the type of campaigns that I was working on. In all those respects, it was 
working and managing the team of veterans that volunteered your stories and finding the salient details, the stories that would connect with people and help people understand. So went from Wounded Warrior Project to Florida Polytechnic University. I moved to Orlando. My wife's from Orlando. We love Central Florida and did a lot of the same thing there. This time, Florida Poly was a brand new university. They were literally built from the ground. They were there for three years when I started. So a lot of the same types of things. You don't know what Florida Poly is. They don't know what they do, why they exist. We didn't even have a graduating class at that point. It was still really brand new. It's fun when you start at something completely brand new. It can be frustrating in some respects because you don't have any rules and guidelines. You don't have things that are established, but it's also a brand new opportunity to do whatever you want to do to define what our brand looks like and what we do. I actually was involved in the rebranding campaign when they unveiled a new logo and a new website and all these types of things. And along that way, we were talking about stories the whole time, talking with alumni, talking with students, talking with donors, everybody that formed the fabric of Florida Poly and defined that brand and identity. From there, I went to the really small nonprofit at Healthy West Orange in Central Florida. And again, going back to storytelling, they were really small when we were talking about small offices. I was in a converted bathroom. Like every time there was a flush in the wall, you would hear it. So super small. And they packed me in there and it was a great time. It goes back to people know they want to be healthy, but they don't know how to be healthy. And you can preach, well, you shouldn't eat hamburgers all the time or french fries or whatever, but that doesn't really make it exciting. People know that. And it's hard to make people healthy too. I mean, you have to give up hamburgers. So telling stories and making dynamic content that's exciting, that has people that look like you, that tell your story, those are the types of things that connect with people and help influence behavior. So then that landed me at University of Central Florida. It was a great opportunity. We're one of the biggest universities in the U.S. And I work specifically on the College of Sciences marketing team. Being such a huge university, there is a central marketing team. And then each of the colleges, the 13 colleges, have their own marketing team to tell the brand story. What is the college about? What do we do? Why do we matter? And then taking all those different stories. We're doing alumni and student stories and research stories and faculty stories. And it's we're directed in part by top leadership. It is some top-down. These are what we want to do. We want to be a top research university in the U.S. But then going down to the dean level and what are our dean's priorities? How does she want to position our college? And then finding the messages to go with that. But more than just the messages, how can we show that? That's the old writing adage, show, don't tell. And showing what we mean and showing what we do is my day-to-day, showing why we matter, why people should be interested in us. Provocative statement of the day. When you're doing that, when you're building Mm -hmm. out that new brand at a place like Central Florida, more content, better. Just build as much content as you can. That's your provocative statement. And that's a resounding no. Partly, I mean, just for purely practical purposes, having the resources and time to do bajillions of things is not feasible. You wind up diluting your message and diluting your resources and running yourself ragged, just trying to chase everything down. But more importantly, golly, we have so much content to begin with. There's just a bombarded all day long by content. So why should I listen to this? Why should I pay attention to whatever you're saying? And we can't reach everybody all the time. That would be great, but that's just not feasible. So then you start to look at what you're trying to say, what matters the most and pick two or three things and then tailor the content to that. And then you're much more intentional 
it's personally more rewarding because you don't feel so stretched out. You feel like you have a vision and you have something that you're trying to work towards. So being intentional with content gives you purpose and direction as a team. It helps your team feel like they're going towards a finished goal, but it also gives your consumer a more nuanced and relevant and useful piece of content too. Using our product will help you be less of a boomer. Don't be lame. Our product is where it's at. I am such a good writer. Jenny may be hip, but her writing style isn't exactly aligned with her high-tech employer. She needs Acrolinks, the content impact platform that ensures effortless alignment across every team. Consistency in tone, inclusive language, scannability, and more. No matter what kind of content you're creating, we've got you covered. Don't be lame. Use Acrolinks. How are you defining what matters most? How are you setting your agenda? Well, we start with set objectives. These are where we want to see ourselves in a year. And then working backwards from there. If we want to do this, how are we going to show this? How are we going to do this? So I'll give you a for instance. I'll show and not tell. We are working on setting up a new project called the Expert Initiative that I've been working on. And these University of Central Florida is a research university. We are some of the, we were founded to supply a talent pipeline to Cape Canaveral close by. We're about an hour from Cape Canaveral. So we were set up beginning to do that, to bring all the engineers to NASA, to bring all the physicists to NASA. And we've expanded greatly since then. So the College of Sciences spans everything from sociology to chemistry to mathematics. We're a lot of different disciplines, which Again, it makes it hard sometimes to decide how are we going to bring all these different disciplines and some that are vastly different. The difference between the school of media and physics and math. We have nice, creative, digital video game type of program versus really hard numbers. So you have to find and define that overarching message. What matters the most? What is the commonality between these things? So what I settled on was that we were experts. We are experts in what we do. When you need a media expert, this is where you should come as the College of Sciences. When you're a high school senior and you're trying to find the right university for your program, College of Sciences, we're experts here. And that is a commonality. Then you define experts. I feel like if you have a PhD and you're teaching at a major university, you're already an expert. But we have people that are quoted in Fortune magazine. We have people that are quoted in the New Yorker. We have really high-ranking faculty as well. So it's defining an expert and deciding how are we going to fit everything through that lens? How are we going to define everybody as an expert? And what does an expert mean? Why does that? That's the process of doing that. But it's finding an overarching umbrella, finding one commonality, one theme, and then building on that from there. So once you find that, what's cutting through the noise? There's so much content out in the world and there's so much competition just for what you do. How do you cut through and differentiate? Visual is super important. Seeing a face is already giving you more than you need. Video, photography, those type of things are not unique in the content sphere. But I think seeing somebody's eyes makes a difference already. And then finding unique aspects of it. Once you decide, okay, we are going to be experts. How are we experts? Yeah. How are we different than University of Florida, University of South Florida, or any other university? And finding the experts that can speak to things that are unique, things that are cool. We have the advantage of things like having the sea turtle program, the mean turtle research group. Everybody gets sea turtles. But then you start digging into things like statistics, which is a pretty niche field. 
But if you find out cool things like Snapchat filters are built in AI and deep fake videos are all based in statistics, well, suddenly you're speaking in the language that everybody understands. You're speaking in a cool language. You're speaking things that people can relate to. So that's really how you cut through the noise is to find what the layman can understand, how this affects your everyday life, how if you didn't have this research, your phone wouldn't work or your car wouldn't work or you wouldn't be able to stream videos at night. I mean, that's what math is doing. And they're working on sending all of the Ethernet and things like that that makes streaming services possible happens because of people in the math department. So helping people understand how their life would be different with or without this research helps cut through that noise and make it more relatable. 100%. I mean, in my world, it's finding that value that people care about. Selling B2B software, if I latch onto a benefit that nobody gets compensated for, I can help you reduce the time it takes to get through your editorial process. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Nobody asked me to do that. I'd love to do it, but nobody right. asked me to do it. But rather, you find that thing that people are. We can help you create more revenue from your content. Oh, everybody cares about that. More conversion points. Everybody cares about that. More leads as a result of it. Oh, everybody cares about that. That's where you differentiate. It's super fun to make things up and tell that super creative story that resonates with us at the time. But finding that nugget that gets you through to the individual and says, this is a problem that you have and this is how you solve it. I think that's how you cut through. Looking at you and where you are, you're a storyteller through and through to the point where it's part of your link on your LinkedIn page. And in your current role, you've ascended to management. You're the director of your group. What's different about that take on responsibility across a wider swath of your business than just getting to tell the story? Sure. It's challenging in some respects. I would rather spend six hours editing a video. That's what I really enjoy doing and writing and editing and doing all the creative stuff. That's what gets me jazzed up. That's what I enjoy. That's what I come to work to do. It's when my brain starts firing. So taking on director type of role, suddenly you're doing HR decisions and you are looking at budgets and doing the things that make creative people's skin crawl. That's just like, oh, I got to sit at a table and I have to sit in a meeting for two hours. And I would rather doodle and look out the window and think about things. That's where my introverted space is daydreaming. I get to do that on my drive. And so there is that conflict. There is that nature versus the job that I'm doing. But the cool aspect of it is you get to set the strategy too. And you get to say, hey, this is where we're going to go. And when you have the right people in place and you have people that you trust, they're creative types too. And you can say, hey, we really want to achieve this. How would you do that? And seeing people's eyes light up and see them come back to you with ideas is rewarding too. You can have that bouncing off conversation and you can see what they enjoy doing. I don't know everything. I don't have the best creative vision all the time. There's things that people come up with that I've never even thought about that makes us such a better, more richer workplace. So That's the rewarding aspect from a director management type of standpoint is saying, these are some of my ideas. These are the framework that we have to work in. I set the framework and say, we're trying to achieve this and we need to do X, Y, Z number of videos, but you have the free reign to tell me how you want to do those videos, how we can fit this messaging. What am I not thinking? What am I missing? And so you can still have those creative conversations. You're almost more the conductor on the train and you have all of your people behind you leading the train. 
So whether it's something you're leading or something you're actually doing over Mm -hmm. the next six to 12 months, what's the number one initiative for you? And how are you going to know if it's successful? That's a great question. We're going to continue to work on our expert initiative. Next steps is fleshing out those stories. We have eight departments and two schools. We have a lot of people to reach out to, a lot of people to pin down and to get those story leads going. And then we're going to start fleshing out our content from there and looking and maximizing each piece of content that we do. Each interview is not just one story. Each interview is a social media piece of content. It might be a short video. It might be a feature on the website. It might be a physical hard poster that we put up. So that's how we're going to be working on strategy. How are we going to maximize each piece of content? The metric side of it, that kind of wars with my creative side of it too, and sitting down and looking at the hard numbers. But yeah, we're going to be looking at website visits to see how many people are coming back to that, looking back at our social media metrics to see how those posts are performing, to see what doesn't perform well, what lands flat, where we can improve. This is stage one to see this is something that's never been done before, which is fun too. So We'll see how this works. And I think six months is a great window. Let's see how far we can get with this. Let's see what lands and then revise it and see what we could do better. I guess the first step is to look at social media, see the engagement, the Mm -hmm. end goal. So that if that's the six month goal, the 12 month goal must be registrations. Like it has to lead to something. Yeah. Well, that is the challenge of what we do is that we don't have a traditional marketing model. We're not selling widgets, and we're not trying to influence behavior in the traditional marketing sense of the way. And that's kind of where I've been thinking critically about what we do and why we do that. Going back to why we create content, what are we trying to achieve? And some of our metrics, some of our goals is to create a more comprehensive student experience. We've never really focused on students as much and what they do. And we can help create a better student experience so that students feel like they're part of a bigger community. The college experience dramatically changed after the pandemic and everything went remote. And even with students coming back on campus, the experience is still not the same. We were still quite a number of digital online classes before the pandemic, but it just changed the way people approach classes and learning. And in the process, it opened a lot of benefits, but it also lost a lot of that college experience where you go to parties and you hang out with people and you go to class and you sit next to people. I mean, that's how I met my wife is sitting in the back of communications class. And so you miss out on a lot of that and you lose that personal touch and you lose that experience. So that's a lot of what we're trying to build back again is to show that if you're a chemistry major, there is other chemistry students, there are alumni that have gone on to build creative, great jobs that you can strive for. There are seniors that have experienced tough experiences and they're here to help you. There are great jobs, industry partners that we're working with. So that's going to be our metrics. And I think it'll probably be some surveys. It'll be looking at our metrics and what's performed, working with the individual departments and their social media to see how our content has helped, even serving in a consultant role and seeing how those individual departments can improve their marketing presence as well. All right. It sounds like you've got a lot out in front of you. Uh, You're essentially reinventing the college experience on the fly as the world changes, which is, I think, either a very enviable task or possibly unenviable, depending on who you're talking to and where it sits. For people that are interested in continuing this conversation, how would the audience get in touch with you? I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me pretty quickly. Kyle Martin, I'm just in the College of Sciences at UCF. 
Fantastic. Kyle Martin, thanks for being on the show. Had a great time talking to you and look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to join us next time for more insights from people who love words. This podcast was brought to you by Acrolinks. Continue honing your enterprise content by checking out other episodes at acrolinks.com slash wordbirds. If you have questions or comments, feel free to get in touch with Chris and his team by sending a message to word.birds at acrolinks.com. That's all for now. See you next time.